Welcome to the Shilling Toastmasters podcast. We come to you weekly from Shilling Speakers Toastmasters Club. An online club with global membership in District 91 in the UK. Hello everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Shilling Toastmasters podcast. This is me, Philippa Gray, and joining me is Paul O'Mani. Hello listeners. Great to be here. And this week, as usual, we're going to kick off with our big ideas. So, Paul, what's your big idea this week? Oh, it's all about speech contests in Toastmasters, which is a really big thing for some people and a really tiny thing for other people. And my big idea is all about hybrid speech contests and online speech contests and what on earth is going to happen. And my big idea is that clubs can do whatever they like. Shilling speakers can arrange its own speech contest, can invent its own rules, can allow everybody in the entire club to enter, can have as many or as few judges as it likes, and it can hold the contest face to face if it wants to. It can hold the contest, we can hold the contest online if we want to. We can hold it hybrid if we want to. We can do anything at all. That's the big, big idea. So all the other people, like the area directors and the division directors and the district directors, all of whom have to make very big decisions in relation to the speech contest and what's going to happen at the later stages, if you like, the area contest, the division contest and the district contest. All of those people are going to have a meeting, the district officers, in order to decide on the district policy. But the great thing is shilling speakers and all the other clubs in our district and in other districts, well, we don't even have to hold a speech contest. We can nominate somebody, can't we, Philippa? We can send a nominee. So we have complete flexibility we could even hold a speech contest that doesn't go any further than the club. I know one club that's holding a Tall Tales contest. I don't think any other, I don't think Tall Tales goes all the way to District 91, does it? No. no. So isn't that great that we can do our own thing? That's what I want to celebrate. And we can all wait until the District what's it called, District Executive Committee has a meeting and decides on policy. And that'll all be decided by district officers. But us, ordinary mortals in the club, ordinary members of the club committee, whatever, we can do our own thing. That's my big idea. What do you think of that now? That's great, Paul. Um, my understanding at present is we're free to have meetings as we wish and yes we can call them a competition uh, if we want to send people forward to higher levels of competition we're going to have to stick by the rules and i'm not experienced enough to know exactly what they are but yeah i believe the exec can nominate somebody oh yes i know that for certain yeah. i've well, i know of course, lots, you're the expert lots of clubs that yeah. don't hold speech contests and the rules only really kick in at the area level. 
right. Yes, it does seem quite unfair that at some point people will have to travel to a contest if they're held face to face. And I am really disappointed. I love Zoom. I love online meetings. I was hoping the world would just move to them. And be not just keep face to face stuff for socializing. It would be, be, so be not um, be not disappointed. Be not disappointed at all. There will be no face to face speech contests. This has been decided by Toastmasters International Board of Directors. There will be no, there'll only be two types of contests at area, division, and district level. And they are either hybrid or online no there will be a face-to-face -face if all if every single one of the competitors who are got through to whatever level it is um come together and say we'd like to hold our contest face-to-face -face. but if even one of them says no i'd prefer do it from my how my house my wherever the contest has to be hybrid so do not worry at all philippa are you going to go in for a speech contest this year? Yes, Paul. I mean, that is great news. The last I'd heard things were being considered. But yes, I do like to enter contests. Standards are pretty high at Schilling, though, so I don't expect to get any further than the first round. Oh, you never know. You know, the judges can be fickle. The judges can suddenly decide. I think the best speech was Philippa. She had the best content. She wasn't as good as the others at throwing her arms around the place and, and rolling her eyes and all those kind of things, bringing on props, but the content was top class. Oh, that's a great thought, Paul. Very encouraging. And that sort of leads nicely into my big thought. I cheated this week. Myself and a business friend decided to go along to an event called Ideas Fest. So essentially, I paid to get some big ideas, but we had a great time, whole day's worth of big ideas. And what has stuck is people who are running startup disruptor businesses trying to fix the problems with the amount of clothing that's produced and fast fashion and all the damage that does, their big takeaway message was you have to make things easy for people. Don't tell them you need to rent your clothes instead of buying them because it keeps stuff out of landfill and man-made fibers can't be recycled. Just say, you want to rent your clothes because they look great and they only cost X amount per month and you just send them back to us and we do all the rest. Hey, then, can you say can you say that again? Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Right. There is a huge problem with the sheer volume of clothing that's produced and the idea that you buy cheap, wear it a few times and it deteriorates pretty quickly and then you throw it away. Of course, man-made fibres don't rot into the ground. They just sit in the environment for hundreds of years and have to be dealt with. 
So the concept is you rent your clothes. You pay a sum to rent something for a few months, wear it, enjoy it, and then return it. And the companies that rent them are, they absolutely know what they're doing. They make sure they buy really good clothing in suitable fabrics that they can wash and launder to the point where they actually look brand new again. I love that idea. Yeah, it's great fun. And you've got to sell it at fun. That was the message I got last week. And then today's paper, I was reading it, talking about, don't know what's happening in Ireland, but in the UK, there's a sudden fashion for artificial grass instead of the real thing which again it doesn't rot you know you have to throw it away there's no sensible way to recycle it at the moment and there's really strong passions around this some people are really proud of their verdant lawn others of us say oi we can spot that's fake a mile off and it's really bad for the environment at every level it is just wrong and point to the newspaper was that it's no use just everybody having a um, big argument about this. Government should step up and governments should make it easy for us to do the right thing. So if it's all agreed that real lawns are the thing to do, well, you tax your artificial lawns and you make sure that uh, there's a you know, proper debate, people understand what's going on, and get councils on board and encourage people to grow the grass long and do all the good stuff, but make it easy. But tell me, have you heard of the company in, I forget where they are actually, that developed a new type of fertilizer that will encourage artificial grass to grow? Have you heard about this new invention? No. Well, there you are now. That's a startup that's going to really make money. Oh, I have heard about hybrid lawns where you've got a bit of green and you've got real grass growing through, which is quite intriguing. No, look, I better tell the listeners that I made that up. That was like an April Fool's joke, you see. Well, the- you see, that bit about the hybrid lawns is not a joke. So... You do your best to try and make things up, Paul. You may not beat reality. Absolutely. One of my neighbours, only three doors up, got artificial grass. And it it has no weeds in it. Just wait. I've seen artificial grass with weeds growing through. Well, this one doesn't, and they also don't have any earthworms. That's part of the problem. And they have no, they have none of these little uh, pests, uh, butterflies. What are they called? They don't have any butterflies and dandelions and clover. Oh, buttercups. Buttercups and dandelions, clover and the works. So you're against, you're against uh, these artificial lawns. I think you're on the side of the angels. That's a very good big idea. And your notion then is that the taxes should be a special artificial lawn tax, is that it? No, it's much bigger than that. It's all of us need to make life easy, whether we're politicians, business people, even Toastmasters. Uh, It's renewal time. I've been doing my best as treasurer to 
send out friendly emails with lots of different ways of joining us, renewing your subs, just trying to make things as easy as possible. So yeah, all of us, whatever we do, if we want to achieve something, we need to figure out what it is we want to achieve and see what we can do to encourage people to come along with us. So the theme is make it easier. Would that yes. be? That's make it, yeah. it easier. Right. I like that a lot. The make it easier. Mm. Perhaps shilling speakers could run a whole uh, evening, the make it easier evening, in which people give prepared contributions about a topic where they've come up with a proposed solution for how to make something easier. And we get a number of those. And then we get a whole collection of impromptu speeches, which is, you know, how would you make it easier to, to look after your lawn for sake of argument? Yeah. That's, uh, that could be a big theme. Perhaps we'll suggest that to, to Anthony, the, our club president, yeah. or, or perhaps the vice president for education, whoever. Yep, that sounds good. Well, shall we adjourn that bit of our uh, podcast for a few minutes? Yep, I think that brings this part of the podcast to an end. Welcome to the Soapbox segment of the Shilling Toastmasters podcast. This week, Paul O'Mahony is going to surprise us by getting on the soapbox. And he has a big thought to share with you. So, Paul, tell us what your uh, issue is this week. Well, I'm like one of these uh, grumpy speakers who gets up in Hyde Park Corner and complains and tells you that the world is coming to the end if you don't change what you're doing. So I have a, something that is terrible to complain about this week. And I suppose I better say that if there are any young listeners listening here, they might like to slip outside and go playing in the garden. Because what I want to complain about is the weather. We have terrible weather these days. It's much too hot. I have heard about London going on fire. I've heard about droughts in Spain, in France, in Italy. I've heard about water running out. And I've seen riverbeds run dry. And I'm very fed up about it. And I think it's time that something was done about it. And I'm beginning to wish that there was an ice age coming, because certainly I think that an ice age might be better for the earth than the whole thing burning up. And this is such an important issue that I think Toastmasters could make a big difference to world opinion because there is a convention coming up shortly. It's called the International Convention. It's going to take place in Nashville, USA. You know, that's where Elvis Presley was and country and Western music and all that. Not sure why it's in Nashville, but anyway, good luck to going to Nashville. But the key thing is there's going to be a championship to find out what's the, who's the best public speaker in the world this year. And they're going to be semifinals and finals. I can't remember how many total speakers. There are probably about 32 speakers in all competing in the semifinals and in the, in the uh, final. 
And here's the, the thing I want them to do. I want the winner this year to be somebody who's going to make a speech about our climate and about saving Earth from being fried up. That's such an important issue, isn't it? I mean, we really need the discourse, the public discourse to move into a belief that, hey, we can't faff around for much longer. We really do have to take this seriously. And in the room in Nashville and in the room on Zoom, there are going to be leaders. You can take it that a huge number of the people from Toastmasters who are going to be tuned in to the World Championship of Public Speaking are going to be leaders in community. They're not just leaders in Toastmasters Club. They're, they have connections, their brother, their sister, their mother, their father, their children as well. They're people who are serious about influencing other people, aren't they? And if the winning speech was a powerful one about the need to stop the earth fr being fried up, wouldn't that be a great thing? And that's what I would like this year. I would like all of the speeches in the final, every single one of them, to be about a socially relevant issue. And what could be more relevant than the survival of our entire planet? I'd also like it to be about other topics like inequality, diversity, cultural sensitivity. I'd like it to be about topics that are really important. The, the wars, the especially the wars that we have that are causing quite a lot of our members to have a terrible time over there in Ukraine. And that's what I want. I really want the speeches this year to not be about, you know, be courageous in the face of adversity and put your foot in the forward uh, on an individual level. I want there to be talking about mass movements for change. That's that's what I want uh, to happen. So that's why I'm on the soapbox. I want to influence all of the listeners as well, just like I would if I was in Hyde Park Corner. I want to get you to get cracking with the lobbying. Get any of you who know anybody who's competing in the final, lobby them and tell them, Develop a new speech, if necessary, about a socially relevant topic. Can you imagine the publicity that Toastmasters might get if the speeches in the final were all socially engaged and connected up with people rather than them being about individual points of view on something? Or I don't want to criticize previous speeches, but I don't remember any speeches about racism, sexism, social inequality, unemployment, housing, medicine, shortage of doctors, consultants. No, what, that's what I want. Socially engaged speaking. There you are now, Philippa, you did ask me. Thank you, Paul. That's, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Although... Oh, you serious? Do you mean I've converted you? Yes, you have. I'd be interested to see that happening in Nashville though. Toastmasters tends to avoid politics. Now, some places, UK and Ireland, I think would probably feel those 
themes are pretty much universal and beyond politics. But yeah, be interesting to uh, hear them in an American context. Well, there's a whole lot of drought in America, too. Yeah. A whole lot of tornadoes coming at the wrong time. I mean, America has its own difficulties. So there have got to be some Toastmasters over there who care about big issues. America's full of big issues. Immigration. How about speeches about immigration policy, health policy? No, I think Americans are, are, are bigger than we think. Yep. You could be right there. Think big, I think, is uh, what I'm going to take away from that. Focus on what's important. Be ambitious. So, thank you, Paul. That was a great soapbox contribution. And that well, wraps think, it up for this week. I think that's quite enough. Yes. Thank you, listeners, very much for enjoying this episode. Thank you, listeners, and tune in next week. That's it for today from the Shilling Toastmasters podcast. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and share with your friends.